to those new to Clubhouse, if you look in the bottom right-hand corner, I'm assuming it's the same on Android, but if you look in the bottom right-hand corner, there you go. Thomas already figured it out. Uh, there is a hand raise and, okay, Thomas, it says you can't join right now, but maybe later. I'm, I don't know if that's an Android thing or not. I know Rob was saying there's uh, some bugs with it. So, uh, but if you look in the bottom right-hand corner, you'll see the uh, icon to raise your hand. If you hit that icon, it'll let us know that you have a question or a comment for the folks on the stage. So that's myself, Tracy, Jason, and Rob. And then you will be brought up on the stage and you can ask your question or give your comment. Uh, we do ask that when you come on that you stay on mute just so there's no background noise and all that that can go on. But uh, aside from that, here we, today we have Jason Medford. Um, folks in the room probably know Jason. Jason is uh, very active on LinkedIn. I know he's been on my podcast. I've been on his podcast, but I'll give Jason uh, a couple a couple seconds here to kind of do his introduction. Whoa, put me on the spot, man. Go for it. Well, uh, yeah, like uh, like Trent said, I, I actually do another podcast, Jamming with Jason. Um, CEO of C-Risk Academy. So we do uh, training for internal audit risk and compliance people. We've got about three to 400 courses up there now with uh, lots of different instructors, Rob being one of them, actually. It, it's up here that you guys are probably familiar with. Um, I run uh, some executive programs for chief audit executives and also do some leadership uh, training for people, you know, in, in internal audit risk and compliance where we usually, we don't get the same access to leadership courses that other people do. So I do that for our people as well and help, help give people the little, uh, what I call kind of ninja skills from a psychological persuasion influence perspective to uh, help them be better leaders and get people to listen and take action, which is obviously important as auditors as well. So, yeah. And you're really feeling a need uh, that, that is needed in the profession. So we appreciate what you do for the profession, profession, Jason, uh, just a quick note. So when you do come up on stage, if you have something to say, the cue for that is if you type that, if you tap the microphone as follows, mute it and unmute it. That way we know you have a, a comment. We're not talking over each other. So today we're talking about new media in audit, uh, a topic that I think the, the folks on the stage can definitely speak to. I know Jason mentioned his, his podcast. Rob has a podcast, along with uh, just the amount of webinars that we've seen come up over the past year. Uh, net, you know, we're on Clubhouse right now. And so that's kind of the topic and how it can and is impacting the profession, especially from a, a learning perspective. So, Jason, I'll throw it to you first. Uh, being one of the the audit pod or a podcast host for an audit podcast, what's the value of doing a podcast for auditors? Well, I think I think it's a it's a it's an opportunity. You know, mo most of the time we've ended up having most of our content delivered to us in the form of webinars or training. You know, up until this last year, a lot of people were going to live trainings. And, and I think one of the things that podcast does is it allows people to get content at a time when they want it, right? So historically, the, the, the training model, the webinar model is, you know, you got to show up at a particular date and time uh, to be able to consume the content where a podcast is on demand. Right, which is same kind of thing we've been doing with C-Risk Academy uh, with the courses there is, you know, if you look at how we're consuming media in general, we ha 
have moved away from, you know, watching the Cosby show at seven o'clock on Thursday nights and having to show up there every time to now most of us do our entertainment at a time that's convenient for us, right? We, we binge watch series on Netflix or do other things like that. Well, podcasts is an, is an opportunity for people to do that as well. You know, if you're going on your way to work, if you're at the gym, you can, you know, use that time for some personal development um, that works into your schedule, right? Which I, which I think is great about podcasts. Yeah. And that's one of the, the things that I really like about uh, podcasts in general is I can't really play a webinar <laughs> through my laptop while I'm getting ready in the morning or, um, even, even today I had one on kind of in the background as I was, I'm, I'm actually, uh, grilling out ribs all day today. So <laughs> that process started <laughs> two hours ago. And so as I was prepping, you know, I was kind of listening to the webinar and everything, but, um, so yeah, that is nice being able to do that. Something, something that I'm curious about, Jason, I know you have transcripts of your episodes, your podcast episodes, and um, what's kind of been the feedback on that? I know I've heard from some folks that, that seem to really enjoy those. Yeah, it's, it's funny. I never would have thought um, that people would enjoy the transcripts, but um, actually I had, I had one person that reached out and said, hey, I don't want to listen to it. Can I just read it? And I'm like, well, go to my website because the transcripts are at the bottom, um, you know, because I, I, I run my podcast pretty much through all the players so you know pretty much anywhere that you go to get podcasts you can find jamming with jason um, but on my website i also do have the transcripts there and, and i think it's you know they're, they're machine transcripts so they're not perfect but um you know a lot of times people do enjoy actually being able to go back and read and some of that goes back to our our individual preferences as learners. You know, a lot of people talk about VAC, which is visual auditory kinesthetic. Those are some of the learning modalities. And, you know, some people are visual and would rather read something than actually listen to it where other people would prefer to listen. So it, it, it kind of works both ways. Having or giving people more options, I think, is better um, just so that people have that opportunity to uh to learn in the way that works for them right that's why a lot of the stuff that i do um even even from a webinar or an on-demand training i do is video uh, because again you know that that ends up helping people learn better because they can see it they can hear it um as well so it's just activating more of the senses as well um which is which is always good like I said, some people do actually prefer to just read stuff. So, okay. I mean, you can usually listen. Actually, well, it depends, right? You can sometimes read faster if you're a fast reader than listening. Um, so, like I said, I, I, I just believe in trying to give people more options. The more options, the better, I think. Yeah, and I can tell you, I appreciate the transcripts. Um, that is the, the page that I have on my phone. I always have the tab open on your website for your podcast. Oh, yeah. So that I can just go through the, the transcript and read through those. So uh, you've got at least two people then that, that are. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess we'll, we'll keep doing it. I mean, I, I, I was getting it, uh, you know, we were doing it really somewhat honestly for, from a Google search perspective too, just so that people could, you know, Google would crawl it and see the words that we were using as well. But yeah, a lot of people have really enjoyed it. The other thing too, is that I've noticed, you know, I've had several people um, who are deaf 
right, that have, that have reached out about different things and have asked, do you have captions? You know, so the same thing, I, I try to do captions or something like transcript, because again, you know, we don't realize, but there are a lot of people out there that maybe don't hear. And so having a transcript is a way for them to still be able to get the information, even though they can't, you know, listen to a podcast per se. Yeah, that's great. I, I honestly hadn't thought of that. Um, so I will say again, if you have a comment, you have a question, if you look in the bottom right hand corner, you'll see the, the hand raised icon, tap that and we'll bring you up. Tracy, go ahead. Hi, everybody. This is Tracy Marquardt, Europe's leading audit communication consultant. And I wanted to ask the three of you, because I'm on stage with the audit podcasters. I mean, compared to none. So um, what do you think is the ideal podcast, podcast length and why? There's debate on that, Rob. You haven't talked. You want to go first, man? There is a lot of debate on that, and uh, the the research and and Trent <laughs> have told me that about twenty, I think it's twenty six minutes is ideal. But I think it just depends on your audience. It depends on your guest. I try to keep my podcast to about thirty minutes, but every once in a while, an episode will go over. So. I think it really depends on your audience. The The stats from all of us who are data nerds tells us that about 26 minutes is optimal. Um, I think that that's probably a good measure because when I look at my statistics, I see people start to drop off around the 20 to 30 minute mark. So I think about 26 minutes is good, but, but again, your mileage may vary. Yeah, and mine's... It, it varies so much between mine. We try to hit that too, but, uh, and, and Alan who's, who's in the, I don't know, the crowd uh, has been on before and, and kind of speak to the process, but you know, we, we typically book like an hour to do it and we might spend like 30 minutes just kind of catching up and talking. <laughs> and all of a sudden we go, Oh, we got to start the podcast. And so that kind of can cut into the time. And then depending on, you know, really my goal is when I do mine is that I, there's not, a ton of my opinion. It's, it's more about the guest. And so it, it might depend on how much I end up talking, which means how much I end up editing myself <laughs> after the show. So they, they definitely do vary. And, and I think the most, the one that came out today was uh, around 40 minutes, which is a bit long, but they also go, you know, there's, there's so much in here, you know, it's so there's a lot of good information in here. It's kind of hard to cut it. What do you think, Jason? Well, yeah, for me, I mean, I kind of do the same thing. I, the, the, one of the reasons why I enjoy the podcast format is it's, it's not, you're not limited. You know, when I do a webinar, it's got to stay between 50 to, you know, 60 minutes. You know, you don't want to go much past that because people have to drop off. They've got other stuff to do. You know, I understand the ideal around being 26 to 30 minutes. <clears throat> that makes sense because again, a lot of times people are, are listening or doing things, you know, while they're listening so maybe they're at the gym and you're going to be at the gym maybe 20 or 30 minutes doing a workout so that that time frame fits in nicely with kind of how how people are doing it or we've got we've got shorter attention spans as well right so even even seven minutes right you start to lose people after seven minutes ironically um, for mine you know again it's it's kind of like rob was saying i i don't necessarily do a one-size-fits-all 
I think the one that dropped this morning on jamming was 51 minutes. Uh, so it's a little bit longer, but why? Because the guy I was talking to was, was fascinating. We were having a great discussion. And so I don't necessarily um, shut it off or try to edit to get it to fit within the time frame. I just let the conversation actually happen. And if the conversation is 20 minutes because it's me solo or 15 minutes and I, I'm done talking in 15 minutes and I'm done, if I'm talking to somebody who, you know, we're having a great discussion, I don't want to shut off that discussion because usually there's good stuff throughout the whole thing. So sometimes mine will go a little bit, a little bit longer that way. I always figure too, again, it's giving people choices. If you only have a half an hour, you listen to the first half, you pause, you stop. You can always go back and listen to the other half later. Um, you know, if you were obviously enjoying the first part. So, yeah, I can appreciate that. The, the length piece you're talking about relative to a webinar. Cause I know Jason, I think we did a webinar first and yeah. it was maybe the first one I'd ever done. And so I was, you know, a little nervous. I've been prepping for a while and then we go to do it. And, um, we wrap up and then I go, I didn't even get to talk about like the three things that I wanted to talk about, like the, the, the main uh -huh. points, you know, because we had to, we kind of had to stop it. So uh, that is a good point point, one I can appreciate. So we are in Clubhouse now, um, which is similar to a podcast, except there's a, an audience that is live and active and can ask questions and comments. What do you think the value of having the audit room is on Clubhouse? Go ahead, Ross. Yeah, I think I think uh, you increase your value when you have multiple modes for people to access information. That's right. Information is critical in life because you can make better decisions the more information that you have. So you know whether it's Clubhouse or whether it's like YouTube, the more information you have, the more useful it. It is, and it may not be useful to everyone. So you're gonna have some people who are gonna say, I hate Clubhouse. It just reminds me of three-way calling from back in the 80s and 90s. And then you're gonna have some people that love it, but either way, it's getting the information out there. So I think having the audit room on Clubhouse is a good thing. Yeah, I think one of the things, I was thinking about this question earlier, and one of the things, Tracy, I'll throw it to you in just a second. One of the things I was thinking was we have, uh, Today, we have four people on the stage, uh, Rob, Tracy, myself, and Jason, and, and uh, all are have specializations within the profession and are good enough, if I could say, that um, we charge people for that, that information and, and the guidance and the advice that we've gathered over the years. And so to be able to have this platform where you can just come and ask any question you want to, um, I think is huge. So go ahead, Tracy. Yeah, I, I like the Clubhouse concept because it allows us to actually Q&A and have a discussion with each other, which you can't do in a podcast, although I, I do love the podcast format because I can be cooking dinner and have the podcast in my ears and not, I, I can, you know, it's it's net time. I'm, I'm getting two things done at once and one doesn't take away from the other because I know multitasking is a whole other topic. But, um, but I, I like them both for that reason. And I really would like to increase our, our engagement on Clubhouse because I think then we can actually interact with people more. It's different than a webinar because a lot of times when we do a webinar, um, we only have the chat or the Q&A box, you know, unless we're using Microsoft Teams. So we don't quite get that 
as much contact or the kind of contact that we get here. So I'm a big fan and, and um, I'm looking forward to moving forward. I'm done speaking. Yeah. And something we've done, we started what I think two weeks ago. So we had a five day audit challenge. And so each day we had a new speaker uh, for CPE for an hour. And then what we did was after the session, each session, we came on to clubhouse and at that point, anybody was welcome, obviously, even people that didn't attend the training uh, came on the room and were able to ask the, those questions. And so I know a lot of times in webinars, it can get, if you're the one hosting the session and you start to see the chat box light up, it can be a kind of tough to keep up with questions, especially if you don't have a moderator there to kind of sit them to the side and ask those. So I think that's a, that's a huge benefit. Um, as far as the engagement goes, but I'd be curious, Jason, Rob, what, what have you seen uh, in terms of engagement of podcasts relative to webinars? Well, it's, 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 it's interesting because um, a lot of times people want engagement, but then there's not engagement or they think they want engagement, but then there's not engagement. So it's, it's kind of funny. So, so a thing like, like Clubhouse is great because, again, you know, people can ask questions. It's more interactive that way, which is great. You know, live videos on, you know, LinkedIn, on Facebook can also have some of that as well. If you're using one of the streaming services, people can comment. So you can be, um, you know, answering questions along with that. Like I did, a, I did a live yesterday and I was talking about a leadership principle, but somebody came on and they started asking me about the CIA exam training that I have. And it's like, okay, well, I wasn't really going to talk about that today, but uh, you know, I've got some questions to so hold on at the end and we'll talk about it. So it does allow people to get some more real time stuff, which I think is great. Um, and, and there are some different avenues, like you said, to be able to do that. Clubhouse is brand new. In fact, I'm a clubhouse virgin, everybody. This is the first time I've actually done it. Right. Um, and it, it's a newer platform, but I, but again, I think it gives a lot of flexibility, uh, for a different format that is going to resonate more with other people. And so you can think about this with any social media. Some people hate Facebook. Some people love Facebook. Some people hate LinkedIn. Some people love LinkedIn. And so, you know, the more places you can be, just the more people you can reach who are more comfortable on, on the different platforms. And hey, Jason, we're, we're happy you lost your virginity with us. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad to share that publicly with everybody. <laughs> this might be uh, a tough question to answer. Uh, I think if we knew the answer, then we'd probably all be maybe billionaires or something. But what, what do you see as the, the future um, in media and how we can become a part of it? I think Clubhouse is right now probably the most innovative going on, but I know Rob and Jason, both of you have LinkedIn lives also. Go ahead, Rob. Yeah, I think you hit it. LinkedIn live is the next place to go as far as disseminating information uh, for auditors. I mean, I have a live LinkedIn show. It's called the Friday Frosters. That's a shameless plug, right? Uh, every Friday at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, but no, <laughs> seriously, I think... I think live is the way to go and it's where we're going next. Now, I still think all the other methods of communication will be relevant, but I think live gives you that extra component. And I'll give you an example with the show that we did this past Friday. I try to keep the show to about 30 to 45 minutes. We block off 45 minutes. And I think Thomas was there, but when we got towards the end on Friday, 
people said, make it an hour. <laughs> and I was like, you know, we have the latitude to do that. I mean, it's my show and I don't have anywhere to be and the co-host didn't have anywhere to go. But the interaction and engagement we get is really, really strong. I mean, there's a lot of engagement. There are a lot of questions. There are a lot of answers. There's a lot of input. And so what that gives you is it's not just a one-way communication. People are adding input that is very good to whatever subject we're talking about. So what I see next for internal auditing specifically is something similar. As a matter of fact, I'm going to start something similar, a live show where we talk about audit versus the fraud that we do on Fridays. And you heard it here first, well, maybe second. But I think live is the way to go next. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, Thomas, go ahead. Hey, guys. I'm also uh, you know, breaking the virginity bubble here with uh, with Jason. So it's great to finally have Android u- users on here. Uh, and thanks for, for inviting me, Trent. This, is, this has been fun. But one thing that I'm very curious about for the future, uh, they've I'm 41 years old, and most of the time, you know, most of my life, they've brought up virtual reality, and the virtual reality is the future, blah, blah, blah. We haven't you know, seen technology be able to keep up. But with the Oculus Quest 2 uh, that's put out by Facebook, they have really advanced virtual reality. And one of my favorite books actually has everyone kind of living in this virtual reality world. And I'm curious if anybody thinks that's kind of on the horizon, especially since now that we're you know, working remote to some of that, moving from Zoom cameras to kind of a virtual reality platform where it's 3D, where it's, you have a little more, it feels more personal interaction. But does anybody even have that on their radar? I'll give a, a quick thought and then throw it to you, Rob. I know VR has been around for a, a little bit now, and in you know, we kind of first came out and it was legit. I mean, VR has been around for years and years and years, but as it got really good, I started paying more attention to it. And the experts then were saying, this is really just for video games. Like there's, there's not a, a corporate um, application for it. It's just going to be people who want to play video games. And that was kind of the consensus. So I, I'm not up to date on, on what that would be. I do think, and Rob, I'll, I'll toss it to you, but I do think about somebody like Rob, who, if you've ever attended one of his sessions, it is, um, there's videos and storytelling, and you, you are about as immersed into that training as you can be without being there or without being, uh, having like a, a VR headset on. So, um, with that, go ahead, Rob. Oh, let me just say, thanks, Trent, man. I, I appreciate that. I'm about to cry a little bit. No, uh, <laughs> I think I think VR is good, but I think that there are a few problems with it. And well, and I, I don't mean problems. So, with VR, from a business standpoint, what would be the real purpose of it? Because um, you you really aren't going to replace Zoom environments with VR unless it's very uncomfortable. The purpose of VR for business would be to create better relationships but you already see people in a Zoom environment. So some things you might miss, you might miss a handshake, you might miss a touch on the shoulder, you might miss hugging some of your clients, if any of you guys actually like your clients, and I like mine. So, you know, we hug on occasion. But in order for that to happen in VR, you need to have on like a full VR suit, and that becomes too cumbersome. Um, So I think VR, from a business standpoint, has a long way to go when they get to a point where you can put like, 
the small touch pads all over your body and it's easy to put on and take off, then maybe. But I do think that it's still a viable option as the technology improves because you have like drones now where you put on your VR goggles and you can literally fly your drone anywhere. So I don't know of a good business purpose for it yet that is a better benefit than what we have now. And until we reach that point, you won't see it being adopted in businesses. Yeah, and I'll, Jason, go ahead and come off mute and I'll throw it to you here in just a second. Just the- Yeah, I, I was going to say kind of the same thing. And, you know, again, as, as, as we get going, I know you guys might be able to hang on longer, but just in case I drop off, I'm not. I got a 930 call, so I got to be on that. But, but um, you know, with this, I think, you know, this is where Clubhouse to me, it's cool in a lot of ways, but it's missing the video element. And I think that, you know, again, I mean, we're hearing each other's voices, but it's better from a live streaming perspective to hear and see people as well. And so, you know, Facebook Live has been going on for a long time. LinkedIn has been way too slow. Um, It's still cumbersome. It's a piece of crap. (laughs) You know, you, you have to stream into it, but then you can't actually comment back while you're streaming. They don't let you do that. Facebook, you can actually answer comments at that point. Um, and, and, and the whole VR side, I, I kind of agree with Rob. And I think that VR is great when you're trying to create a reality of something that is not real. So video gaming, fabulous, right? Because you can create these whole worlds you're, you're moving around in. But it, for human interaction, we don't need to create a new reality. We already have a reality, right? We can just see each other and interact with each other as humans um, so I'm, I'm not sure, you know, again, where it's going to go. VR, I think, is going to continue to grow business application wise. Like Rob said, I don't know. There, there's just a lot of um, hindrances to it um, to be able to make it really mainstream in, in the whole experience, right? I mean, they've got stuff now you can snap your phone into, you know, a head thing you put on and then you can experience it. But, you know, the holograms, the other stuff, I mean, I know I haven't seen it, but I know like the group ABBA was gonna do hologram concerts, right? So they could actually do it from Sweden and it appears as though you're, you know, you're in the 3D with them. There will be more of that kind of stuff as well. How much it'll be adopted, and especially in our space, I don't know. Yeah. Jason, I know you're up against the clock. Uh, if you have any final words, uh, feel free to throw those out there, and then Rob and Tracy will kick it to you, and then we'll we'll close out. Uh, no, I mean, I think this was great. I, I appreciate coming on and being able to experience this, uh, you know, because it's, again, it's, to, to like I said, it's, it's really, it's just giving people options because different people want different media options. And, and so I think, you know, this is another great platform um, that's out there. So I'm on here now and heck, I'm, I might do some weird things like I'm going to maybe I record some of my future podcasts in Clubhouse with, with a live audience, if you will, right? I mean, there's, there's other options and things that we can use, which I think is actually fabulous. So thanks to all of you for letting me come on today and uh, hopefully I'll be back too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Thank, yeah, <laughs> thank, thanks for, for jumping in like you did. Um, I know sometimes the the new thing can be a little bit scary. I know that's 
usually it doesn't seem like the case for you. You kind of jump in head first. I so. just jump in. Yeah. I just jump in. <laughs> All right. All right, Jason. I appreciate it. Rob, do you want to uh, close us out a little bit on your end? Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking about new media and audit, it is here. It is up to us to take really good advantage of it. Uh, things like Clubhouse, podcasts, live shows, they will always be here and they will only get better. I think next we have to move from being consumers of information using new media to using it to help in our audit processes. And I know I've mentioned several times things like video work papers. I do them now. Most audit departments frown at it, but this is the new media and it could help us save time in our processes so we can extend it beyond just obtaining information to learn and grow. We can use it to be more efficient. This is Rob and I'm done speaking. Yeah, great perspective, Rob. Tracy, I, I know you had something you might have had to step away. Go ahead. No, I did, I did that already. Thanks. Yeah, I just, um, if Jason was here, I'd give him a big thank you for joining us. Um, I think it's absolutely amazing that we've had, you know, the three leaders in audit podcasting in our audit room today. And um, I, I, I accept Rob's challenge. Um, I've had LinkedIn Live for over a year and I've done nothing with it. So... <laughs> So I'm going to take that challenge and do a live in May. How's that? Looking forward and, to it. Um, yeah, so just to, and just to let everyone know, I've got a webinar coming up on May 27th, and that is targeted at audit management. Um, so if you know a, a head of audit who uh, needs to streamline their audit report writing process or their audit reporting process at all, this is the call for them. And um, thanks, everybody. I'm done speaking. All right. Last thing. So we're talking VR and AR. Episode one of the audit podcast was on that exact topic. And there are use cases that we talked about with Adam Conkey on there. Um, so that might be something to uh, consider checking out. That is it for today. I uh, appreciate everyone jumping on. Tracy, Rob, Jason, for sure. Thanks for coming on. Thomas, thanks for coming up and asking your question.